Well, good morning. It's 7 a.m. on this cold and rainy and dark Tuesday morning. It's January 9th, and you might be saying, why did I get out of bed today for this? Well, you know what? I got out of bed today, and I didn't say that at first. Then I opened the front door, and I might have said that. Why did I get out of bed today? But here's the bright thing. You and I get to spend an hour together, and then by the end of that hour, the sun will be up. It may not be shining everywhere, but it'll at least be trying to poke through the clouds and you know, I'm looking forward to tonight. I'm hoping that I get to see some snow on the ground. I know some of you already have snow on the ground and you have a picturesque scene. Maybe you woke up and you don't even have to go to school today. Oh, that's what I kind of dream. I remember those days as a kid. I'd be getting up right now. And instead of praying the morning offering, I'd be praying, Lord, let me hear on the radio that my school is called off. But I'm not going to hear that this morning. So let's pray the morning offering. Better use of our time. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union uh, for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father, amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Do you remember those days? I mean, back before there was the internet and before we had text messaging and uh, all these apps that tell you what's going on with your school. Like now, if the kids have a snow day, we get a notification on an app. There's a post on social media. We, I think we still get a phone call. And, and they still publish it on TV and in, on some radio stations. But I remember like you'd wait, that magical feeling of waking up. You'd get up right when the alarm went off, maybe even before, because you knew it was supposed to snow. And then you you ran and you turn the TV on. And mom and dad said, "You can't turn the TV on. It's a school morning." You said, "But I got to find out if it is or not, because it might not be a school morning." And then if it's not, you know that big that big decision: Do I go back to bed? Do I watch cartoons? What am I gonna do? Oh, those were the days. I remember fondly as well that uh, if my parents had to work, which was often the case, my grand when my grandma was retired, they'd put us in the car and they take us over to her house even though school was canceled she lived right behind the school so it's like well we made it here we probably could have made it to school and grandma went to eight o'clock mass every day every day there could have been three feet of snow because she lived right by the church she would have made it father would have made it too because he didn't even have to go outside to get into the church the rectory was connected to the church with this really cool bridge um but if we made it to church which we did there was always breakfast afterwards, whether it was, you know, there used to be a, a fast food restaurant next door and we'd go get a sausage biscuit or we'd go back to grandma's house and she'd have all the stuff to make a sausage and egg biscuit. Never tasted like it did in the restaurant, but it, it was, I loved that better. I loved it more because it was at her house and it was the memories and it was the fun. And I'll never forget whenever she made cinnamon rolls, we always had to double check because she'd make those kind that, that come in the tube. And they had a little jar of icing, and if you weren't careful, the, the metal lid would stick to the bottom of one of the cinnamon rolls, and you'd pull them out of the oven and say, where's the lid for the icing? I thought it was on the icing. No, it's not there. And one time, I'll never forget, I bit into a cinnamon roll, and crunch, there was the lid for the icing. Burned my tongue. It was, But we all laughed. We all laughed. And then from that point on, we would all, before we'd bite into our first cinnamon roll, we'd, we'd lift it up, and we'd look underneath just to make sure there wasn't a lid for the icing there. That was good times. I miss my grandma. I miss those days. And... I'm so glad that my kids get to have days like that. But I don't think they have to worry about the lids because now the, the icing comes in little pouches. That's how, that's how they roll these days. 
that's how they cinnamon roll these days. Oh, that was a bad pun. I apologize. And then later on in the show, we've got an interview for you that we taped down at the Seek 24 conference last week with speaker Kelsey Skoke. And it's about her talk, which, by the way, SeekReplay.com, you can go and listen to all the talks from Seek. That's all ahead. Let's go to Mike Roberts for our Saint of the Day. This is the feast day of St. Adrian of Canterbury. Born in North Africa around 635, Adrian became a priest and was named abbot of a monastery near Naples. He also ended up as an advisor to Pope Vitalian, who twice asked Adrian to be the Archbishop of Canterbury, and twice Adrian politely turned the offer down, both times suggesting someone else. The second time, Adrian refused. His suggestion of St. Theodore was accepted by the Pope on the condition that Adrian become the abbot of Saints Peter and Paul, which later changed to St. Augustine's in Canterbury. Under Adrian's leadership, which lasted nearly 40 years, the monastery became world-renowned as a center for learning and a model for many other monasteries. Adrian died in Canterbury in 710, and after his death, many miracles were attributed to him. St. Adrian, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. It's kind of odd that we found a quiet place at the Seek 24 conference to record an interview to share with you this week after Seeking. I, I always get uh, a little tongue-tied talking about this because here we are recording on a Thursday knowing it's not going to air until a Tuesday or a Wednesday, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Who is here is Kelsey Skoke. She's one of the keynote speakers at the Seek 24 conference. And Kelsey, as I get a little tongue-tied about when this interview is going to be uh, heard as, as people are listening to our voices, the important thing is it's after Seek, and your talk that you're giving this week, your keynote, is really the last keynote. It's on Friday, and it's about what happens next. It's about the mission we're called to, and you know, from that perspective of now we're probably all driving to work or, or, or wherever we're at on a weekday morning, the week after Seek, saying, okay, I'm still processing what happened. Mm -hmm. What is it that you'd want to remind us this week? I think the biggest thing is that it can be simple. A lot of times we like to overcomplicate what it is that we're supposed to be doing and here's all of the steps and I need to read all the books and I need to do all the things and I, especially after a conference experience you just you come away with such a high um, but also a lot of goals and the first weekend you hopefully are still riding a little bit of that high um, but but knowing that that it is very simple and that there is one simple thing and and following what Jesus did the way he modeled following him look like and specifically in what, what we talked about at the, at the end of the conference is sharing your faith with others, that it's not just about following him and, and, and keeping it all to yourself and being siloed in that little independent bubble of yours, but that being a true disciple of, of Jesus is, is bringing others along with you. And so simply put, um, in your relationships, in the friendships and the people that you came home to that maybe you wish were at conference with you and had this amazing high that you're experiencing right now, that that's where it starts. It doesn't need to be this big, grandiose thing like out, out there somewhere, but it starts very simply in your home, in your families, with your coworkers, with those people that are already in your life day in, day out. Wow. It's such a needed reminder. And I, I've been to, I don't know how many conferences mm -hmm. in my lifetime, how many events, how many retreats, whether it's as 
an employee working for a radio station doing interviews or a volunteer working for the conference or just as a guy in a pew or in this case in a chair. <laughs> um, and every time we talk about these are mountaintop moments. It's mm -hmm. Certainly like I love the, the imagery of the transfiguration. It's great to be on the mountain, but at some point we come down mm. off the mountain and the mission's still the same. Yeah. You know, and it, it gets harder to live that out, especially, you know, like this week we've been saying it's Thursday and it feels like it's been four weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, we are tired, but in that great way. So it, it, it's great to have that motivation. Like one more day here, it's going to be amazing. Great things are going to happen. 25,000 people. Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> Next week, it's going to be, okay, I've got to get out of bed and the kids still have to be taken to school and I still have to go to work. And I still ha I have all these things probably sitting on my desk that I have forgotten about because I was at Seek. Yes. And, and before that, it was Christmas and all of these things. And now, how am I going to have time for my faith? And how am I going to have time for this? And yet that call is still there. Well, you're, you're going to find time because you're going to make time and mm -hmm. you're going to live the mission. And oh, by the way, as Kelsey reminded you, it's not just you. It's about sharing this. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were talking with Kristalina Everett earlier today. Okay. Uh, Baltimore Catechism, know, love, serve. Th this is a week of knowing God, falling deeper in love with him. But going out, it really is serve. And serve doesn't mean, okay, take care of Adam Ryder. Take care of Kelsey Skoke. <laughs> so what are some of the practical things that you like to remember? Because I, you, know, you go around, you do this, you mm -hmm. talk, you share this quite a bit. But how do you live it when, when you get home? Yeah. Um, so the first first step, I guess you could say, is, is sharing your life. And, and it's easily said and, and very rarely and, and difficultly done. Um, so sharing your life with others essentially just means getting on someone's level, meeting them where they are at in their life, and sharing life gets messy. We talk a lot and focus about incarnational evangelization, actually bringing into the flesh what evangelization means, because that's what Jesus did. He came in the flesh to share himself deeply, personally, meaningfully in the lives of others. And in our world, we, we tend to do more digital evangelization, right? Where we're, you know, sharing a quick text or, hey, here's this Father Mike Schmitz video. But we rarely share our lives with people because things are so busy. And as you just said, there's a lot going on. We've got kids pick up. We've got deadlines we're meeting at work. So to share life doesn't need to be an extra thing. It's inviting people into the things that you're already doing. It's inviting Jesus into the friendships and the gatherings that you're already having. And so if you're having coffee with a friend, making sure that there's you know some aspect of spiritual conversation in that coffee time, or if you're going and uh, watching your kids play Little League, that you're sitting in the stands and you're not just on your phone or kind of tuning out the world, but introducing yourselves to a few people that you know, hey, I'm gonna be here for two hours every week for the next few months. Here's a prime group of people that I can just share and in conversation and get to know because you have that availability right then and there. So it's not always about adding to your schedule, but what are ways that you can share your life and invite people into your life here and in, in each and every day? So the first thing of, yeah, just sharing your faith is to start by sharing your life. I used to watch a lot of TV, and one of my favorite TV shows, in one of the, the best episodes of it, there's this little parable they tell, and it's about a guy that falls into a hole and he can't get out. And this guy's walking by and he says, hey, can you help me out? And, you know, it's a doctor and the doctor writes up a prescription and throws it down in the hole. And he's like, what, what good this does me? And then, you know, a lawyer's walking by and he's like, hey, can you help me out? And he's like, yeah, we can, we can litigate. We can find out who put this hole here and, and, and I'll, go, I'll go get started on that right away. And then finally he sees his friend walking by and he says, hey, I'm down in this hole and I can't get out. And the friend jumps down in the hole with him and he says, are, are you crazy? Now we're both stuck down here. And he goes, no, no, no. I've been down here before. Mm -hmm. 
and I know the way out. And I think one of the great conversations we've had this week uh, was about woundedness. And it wasn't one on air. It was one of these great organic conversations on Mission Way with some friends and, and the woundedness in our culture. Mm. And that's a great opportunity to just offer just a simple little witness because we've all been wounded and we're all trying to figure out how do we carry these burdens and, you know, as much as I've been joking with my friends from the Archdiocese of St. Louis, who if, if you haven't seen their booth, it's a 20 by 20 booth with this comfortable flooring, two couches, I think six super plush, comfortable chairs, and, <laughs> and they're patron saints on banners. And, and I, I have said, you know, your sub theme is come to me, all you who are weary, and I'll give you rest. We're all weary. Mm. So that's an opportunity to say, you know, I understand you're going through something tough right now. I, mm. I've been through something similar. And wow, if it, if it weren't for, you know, this prayer or these people from the parish coming over and whatever whatever your witness is, it's going to be mm-hmm. different for everyone. Mm-hmm. You've got that opening right there to, to share your way. And I think that's where the difficult piece of all this comes into is it's, okay, sharing your life, maybe the time piece that we mentioned might be hard, but to be vulnerable, to admit to that woundedness or the brokenness that you're experiencing is very hard to do, especially in some of the friendships or relationships in your life that you maybe want to come across as having it all together or not letting them into that brokenness. And that's, but it's so crucial, as you said, to being that witness. Well, how many, how many times do we take pictures with our phones to put on Instagram <laughs> or Facebook or whatever, whatever the kids use? I don't even know what these students are using on social media. I'm sure it's something I, that neither of us could even. Seek makes me feel very old, even uh. though I'm not. <laughs> um, <laughs> But that we frame it because we don't, oh, you know, let's move this off the couch. Mm-hmm. So it's kids sit on the couch, but make sure you sit on this end because if we take the photo on that end, they're going to see the clutter make on sure the, you the coffee the table. And we stage what we share on our screen be- because we don't want people to see what's behind us. And I remember going to a friend's house and they said, we want you to come to our house. We're going to tell you up front, our house is just a cluttered mess right now. But we love you so much. We want to spend the time with you. We're not going to be ashamed of our clutter. And I'm like, you're speaking to my heart. Yes. Because my house looks exactly like this. I call it scruffy hospitality. Oh, my I friends, <laughs> I was like, we're, we're entering into scruffy hospitality. Come as you are. Just, I mean, it's, we're all about scruffy hospitality in my friend group. And oh, that's, <laughs> you have, you've given us a new term here for roadmap to heaven, Kelsey. <laughs> and that is fantastic. But you know, we were talking also earlier today about John Paul II, be not afraid. Mm. And You've alluded to it. You've said it outright. We get afraid to be vulnerable. There is that trust we, we can foster in God, though, that if, if we say, Lord, for you, I'm going to make myself vulnerable mm-hmm. to spread my witness of your love. Fine, I'll lay myself on the line. He's not going to just look blithely by and say, well, good for you. You know, I hope you don't get hurt. No, he's going to be there with us. Yeah. And I think we forget that Jesus did this because I think uh, they're like, oh, well, yeah, Jesus didn't have any thing to be embarrassed about or any shameful things that he was sharing. And I was like, do you not remember the cross where they stripped him naked? You know, when we look at the cross, we see him with this, you know, beautiful line cloth across him. But no, he was just completely exposed for the world. And so even though he might not have had uh, the same type of brokenness that we might be afraid to share with others, there is an aspect that he did this first. He exposed himself for the world um, and modeled for us what that can do to transform the hearts of others, for them to be able to then be more intimate with him and, and deeper relationships for everyone else too. 
that's why it's so important to have crucifixes in our mm -hmm. homes and in our, our, our offices if we can because, you know, working in media, I do video and I have an overextended lower jaw. And every time <laughs> I see it in a video, I'm like, oh, that looks terrible. I don't want to be in a video right now. Or make sure you get this side of me and not that side. And it's like, okay, our Lord's bare and exposed on the cross and you're worried about your jaw. Adam. Amen. Come on, yep. really yep. <laughs> get with it. Scruffy hospitality is, is the answer to that. <laughs> so let, let's wrap up with this. You know, this week, as, as you said, we're probably still riding a little bit of the high mm -hmm. from the seat conference. And then with each passing week, it's going to wane more and more. What's one other thing you would say, if, if you don't have this in your daily routine, put this in your daily routine to make sure you're on good footing as you go forward to live this mission? I think reading the scripture daily. I, and I say that because it encompasses all the things that we've already been talking about, because it encompasses getting to know the person of Jesus and, and intimately knowing him, right? The word is Jesus. And so there's a profoundness there. But then also, if you read the scriptures, it should set your heart on fire for mission. Um, a lot of times we, we just limit it to just the story of Christ. But if you go into the Acts of the Apostles, if you read all of scriptures, heck, the majority of the New Testament is the disciples intimately in friendship, sharing with one another their hearts and their stories and their hardships and inviting others into a deeper relationship with him. And so if we read the scriptures, we are given the perfect roadmap, not just to heaven, I mean to heaven first and foremost, we'll take it. but on the <laughs> way to heaven um, to bring as many people as we can with us. And so if there was one thing I would say, it, it's that. It's, it's opening up the scriptures daily to be reminded um, of our heart's transformation and the desire Christ has for us, but then for the heart of the world that he has and in our role to, to bring everyone to him as well. Amen. Well, Kelsey, it has been great to sit down and talk with you. And, uh, you know, I, I'm going to wish you well in your talk tomorrow, even though by the time everyone hears me wish you well, your talk will have happened <laughs> and it will have come and it will have gone. Uh, but it's our prayer that the fruit of this seat conference just goes on for months and months, if not years. And I, I was really thinking hard about 20,000 people here every day. If they all just reach two people, mm -hmm. if you it's just now 60,000 lives that have been reached because of this conference. And if they just go on and reach, we'll leave that. The Thursday of Seek is not a good day to do math. Hey, that's, anyone, I'm, I'm actually you know. going directly into that. So everyone will have heard that by the wow. time this is released. So yeah, you're just so a little prophetic right there. Oh, well, I, little <laughs> did we know. Well, I do know this too. We are out of time. So we're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven and we'll be back with more after this. We pause on this Tuesday for our daily dose of encouragement. And Patty, I love that you're not just sharing a dose of encouragement with us this week, but welcoming us into some of the encouragement that you have received from God uh, in your time of journaling, which is something I know you love very much to, to journal every day. Yeah, I've been journaling for 20 years. I'm actually, I think, on like volume 120 of spiral notebooks in my life. So I'm a little bit over the top. <laughs> you might say too much journaling, but it has been just a great aid in my spiritual life and in spiritual growth because it quiets me. Again, each person is different. This may or may not be for you this week, but I'm just sharing some of my own journal reflections to model what you can do, what how the Spirit may move you um, as you spend that time before our Lord. For me, again, my favorite place to journal is in front of our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. So I'm going to share another reflection that was pretty recent. I was on a day of recollection recently with our Sarah Club. We had a day of recollection with Father John Mayo. He was phenomenal. And he was talking about being vulnerable with Christ, just vulnerability with Christ, and how whenever anyone was healed by Jesus, they would have had to courageously approach Jesus first. 
Jesus receives our vulnerability so beautiful, and he bestows encouragement of this new identity and freedom to those who are vulnerable. Okay, so then Father Mayo went on to say that we learn to live this vulnerability by the example of the saints. And he said, big S, canonized saints. But then he said, by also by the people in our lives, small S. And then he asked this question, and it sent me journaling for over an hour. (laughs) Here's what he said. He said, ask yourself this question, who in my life has shown me vulnerability with Christ? With whom can I say, it is good to be your friend? So here's what I wrote. The first thing I thought, who in my life has shown me vulnerability? There was a woman in my life named Edna. She was like a third grandmother to me. And I wrote exactly what she showed me. She showed me to approach you, Jesus, with everything. Then I listed three priests, Father Gary Gabeline, Father Jack Dempsey, Father Mike Murphy. They all showed me your mercy and encouragement. They showed me, Jesus, your gentleness, and that I am not the sum of my past mistakes, but the sum of your love for me, that I am your beloved daughter. And then I wrote down this word, Christopher West. He's a dear friend of mine. I've learned a lot from him. Here's what I wrote. He modeled real vulnerability that when we share our past, our faults, our fears, how you, Jesus, work in them and through them to bring about new life. Christopher West showed Larry and me that new life is possible, that freedom is worth the messiness of conversion, and that you, Lord, are so much greater than any sin. Christopher has shown me the unbelievable power of your grace, that when we say yes to your love, and he has modeled what transformation looks like, what being on fire looks like, what joy looks like, what real honest prayer looks like, and what it looks like to die to self and live in freedom. Then I wrote, holy women in my life, and I'm not kidding you, I listed 10 girlfriends, my 10 closest friends and my sister. And I wrote, they have shown me what perseverance looks like through the joys and struggles of life. They have shown me what being a godly wife and mother looks like. And then finally, I just wrote, Larry, my husband. More than anyone else, Larry has shown me unconditional love. He has modeled vulnerability in our prayer together. He has shown me that faith leads to virtue, integrity, and strength. He is constant like you, Lord. He has shown me that you never waver. You are trustworthy. He models so many godlike qualities. So that's what I wrote that day. I just thought of the people in my life who modeled and what I've learned from so many godly people in my life. And it was a beautiful hour of prayer. And I thanked God for all of them. So if you need a journal starter today, Ask yourself the same question. Who in my life has shown me vulnerability with Christ? And then just see where that takes you in your prayer time. I know this. When I ask myself that question that you shared with us today, I'm going to need to give myself plenty of time to think about that and ponder it and journal about it as well, because that is certainly an opportunity to cast into the deep, as our Lord says in the gospel. And it's a fantastic question. Patty, thank you for sharing it with us today. Well, as we draw to a close today, I'd like to share with you a website I shared at the beginning of the show, and that is seekreplay.com. Now, 
It's not where you go to listen to all your favorite Roadmap to Heaven broadcasts from Seek. In fact, you, you can do that right here on OurCatholicRadio.org. Uh, for those of you listening on the radio this morning, not listening online, you can go to OurCatholicRadio.org or wherever you like to get your favorite podcast and type Roadmap to Heaven and you'll find us there. But SeekReplay.com, they are uploading almost all of the talks and they're they're uploading more talks each and every day. All you have to do is sign up. It's free. You put in your email address and they'll send you, uh, you'll go in. And I've been watching talks. I've been watching Monsignor Shea's talk. I watched Kelsey Skoke's talk. I've watched Sister Mary uh, Mary Grace's talk. I, uh, there's so many names. I'm, I'm forgetting some of the names. I'm going to be watching more tonight when I get home from work. And you may want to do that too. You know, of, of all the things we did last week, the prayer was the, certainly the most important. And I can't say that enough. It, it's what propels us forth. These mountaintop moments like the Transfiguration we don't get to stay there. We, we have to go forth into our daily living, which is exactly what we're going to do today. Now, you might be saying, wow, it's gloomy. I'm crabby. I haven't had my coffee yet this morning. I've had to drive. Adam, have you seen the traffic? God is certainly sanctifying me in my commute this morning, Adam. Have you seen the traffic? Who in their right mind would want to be outside right now? And yet we are. We're out there living our daily life. Many of us are on our way to 8 o'clock mass right now. Uh, many of us are on our way to work. Many of us are dropping the kids off at school. Let's be holy in all of those things. Let's allow God to sanctify us. Let's take the grace we received last week and ask God to keep refreshing it in our hearts because we're going to need it this week. Let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Don't forget that today is Tuesday, so we pray our devotions to our Mother of Perpetual Help. Also, as we go into the week tomorrow on the show, we're going to have Dr. Stephen Minnis, president of Benedictine College, talking about how we can transform culture in America. I look forward to that conversation. Tune in tomorrow. Until then, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven, and pray your rosary today.